one of the most beautiful prayers in our Episcopal Book of Common Prayer is one labeled, For Quiet Confidence. It goes like this, O God of peace, who hast taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of thy Spirit, lift us, we pray thee, to thy presence, where we may be still, and know that thou art God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Gay Hathaway decidedly had this quiet confidence, which brought strength and peace as she faced the end of her earthly life. She was always counting her blessings, as we see in the reflections she wrote, which are printed toward the back of our service booklet. One of the last times I saw her, she remarked with all sincerity that she was at peace, that she was happy even. This peace which St. Paul describes as the peace which passes all understanding, comes from faith in our ever-present, ever-loving, ever-saving God, whom we know in Jesus Christ and with whom we are united by the Holy Spirit. When Gay's native country, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, was facing a Second World War, the king, George VI, who was crowned in the year of Gay's birth, read a poem in his 1939 Christmas speech that called for such trust in God. Written by Minnie Louise Haskins, the poem goes in part like this. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. In God, the poet tells us, time hath full provision. Gay believed in this divine providence. She had faith that God had provided, is providing, and will provide. In her reflections, she aptly refers to her life as a journey, with God making abundant provision for her all along the way. Not primarily material provision, although she would acknowledge that gift, but people to guide and care for her, people to love and who loved her in return. Meaningful and satisfying work and play. And through it all, the power of God to hold and lead. That's one of my favorite bits from a, a hymn. The power of God to hold and lead. She trusted that that provision all provision in all these forms would continue in death and beyond. The old hymn says, "'Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home.'"
she had a record to go by. And she had quiet confidence that the God who had taken care of her all this time would still be with her and would see her through. Today's scripture readings could not be better chosen given Gay's faith and our faith in divine providence. Amid the lamentations of Jeremiah, when Jerusalem was about to be captured by invaders and the temple destroyed, the prophet declares that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Our reading from the first letter of John reminds us that God loves us so much that God regards us as God's children for whom God provides abundantly. Jesus talked about that. He said, we give good gifts to our children. How much more will God provide for us? We do not know exactly what the future holds, we read in 1 John, but we do know that we will be united with this all-loving, all-powerful God in one family forever. In today's gospel, Jesus assures his followers who are confused and afraid, knowing that he would soon leave this earthly life. Let not your hearts be troubled, he said. He went on essentially to say, Trust the God who has sent me. My death will not be the end. Far from it. Our abundant life together is just beginning, even though you have trouble imagining that right now. In this same farewell discourse in John's Gospel, Jesus says, You have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. We begin to know such joy here on earth as we walk with Jesus and each other in faith. This grounds us as it grounded Gay. This joy gave her what we might call a lightness of being, an inner calm amid any storm. Jim told me, as a rather humorous example, about her reaction when she had just made a great tee shot on the golf course five feet from the pin and was then hit in the head, accidentally of course, by a shot of Jim's to remove a ball that, he had, that had gone astray. As they were racing away in the golf cart for help, with blood flowing from her head, Jim kept saying he was sorry, and Gay calmly replied, So am I. I, th I think I could have made that putt. <laughs> her calmness and focus continued through her subsequent medical treatment and beyond. I think unflappable would be a good word for her, very steady. And this same quiet confidence, which may have been hers just by nature, but I think it was also rooted in faith, sustained her to the end of her life and really sustained all those with whom she had contact 
people who visited her in those last days were kind of amazed that she ministered to them and me uh, even more probably than we ministered to her. She had an amazing gift of focusing outwardly in love. Today, even as we mourn, we rejoice in the victory that God gives her and us in the risen Christ, who brings us to life in our baptism and far beyond, and who feeds us with spiritual food with his own self at this holy table. I'm pleased that we are having Holy Communion in this service because we join in Holy Communion not only with God in Christ, but with each other and with those, including gay, whom we love but see no longer. The communion of saints is manifest, and we know it through faith. As today's concluding hymn will remind us, we are united to each other in heaven and on earth because we all belong to the God who made us and loves us so much in Jesus Christ and sustains us with his Holy Spirit. To this Holy Trinity, the giver of life, whose name is love, be all worship and praise, dominion and splendor, forever and forevermore. Amen.